0: Iran's two-goal win over Wales proved that old classic saying about football. Anything can happen before the game is over. Moreover, in Group A, Qatar waved early goodbye to the World Cup at home after losing to Senegal and the draw between the Netherlands and Ecuador. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Lisiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, So I was, again, shocked by the Asian team's performance after the two stoppage goals by Iran against um,
1: Wales. Yeah, that, that was one of those games where, you know, for the Welsh team, I feel like this is really the end of an era. Mm. Like, the easiest way to describe how it seemed is, I was talking to a friend of mine who's Welsh, and he said this team was basically picked as if, they were thinking, OK, the last tournament was the Euros, the tournament before that was the World Cup, and I played well, forgetting that it's 18 months and four years between the last ones, because Gareth Bale just looks old, mm. he looks afraid to really do anything in case he gets injured. When he gets the ball and gets given space, he is still incredibly accurate, he clearly still has talent, but he's too old to be playing up front in that position. Um, same thing with Aaron Ramsey, who ended up playing basically the full game. Mm-hmm. They subbed him off in the 87th minute for Danny Ward. That should have happened much earlier. <laughs> same, um, same with basically all of the old the old heads, really. Um, Kiefer Moore is six foot one, I think. Yeah, he has been a solid target man throughout his career with Wales, but they weren't playing with any proper wingers. So it was only really when Gareth Bale got enough space and could like lob the ball over to him that he could really do anything. Um, Dan James coming on at an hour, really when he should have been on at the star for Harry Wilson instead, was a really bad decision. Like To me, this felt like it was as if They didn't realise how old Gareth Bale was, didn't realise how old Aaron Ramsey was. And the thing is, once you kind of take those star players out and you look at the younger generation, Ethan Ampadu, like I say, Kiefer Moore, Dan James, they are solid players, but then they are surrounded by barely Premier League players. I believe there's a few in the Championship. It really felt to me like this era of Wales, Is finished, and not only is that bad in and of itself, but this Iran team is like solid. Mm -hmm. The they were completely overrun by England, which is fair enough when you consider just man for man quality England coming out of the blocks early to make a point. But they, but Iran was just in the game throughout, and the moment Wales made a mistake, like they did when, um. Wayne Hennessy got sent off. Well, that was uh, down to 10 men. They're going to just press, just press as hard as they can. They get that first goal in the 90th minute after a very poor clearance. Uh me, I believe the guy's name is. And from then, it was just like, okay, they've got three minutes to guarantee that Wales don't get a bit of magic. And they just pushed and pushed and pushed and got the second one. Um, the only thing which i wonder coming from this game is um this was at the ahmed bin ali stadium and i don't really know in terms of location because qatar isn't a very big country Mm -hmm. i don't really know if like if a city's been the north south east west in doha outside of it what that really means but a thing that people were pointing out is the shape of this one it kind of, it's more open in the roof Mm -hmm. and the temperature on the pitch, there were people in the crowd who had thermometers and think it was like 35, which means that even with the air conditioning, it was red hot in there. And you could see from the color of the kits the guys were wearing Mm. that they were sweating from early on. And it made me wonder a little bit if this was like, if you remember in... Brazil World Cup, there was mm-hmm. the stadium in Manaus, which is basically on the equator, it's in the rainforest. And every team who played there lost their next game because they were so worn out from the first one. Yeah. Based on how slow this game was, how slow the England game was, I wonder almost if we are in a similar situation where the climate is so hot that the air conditioning is, yes, keeping it cooler, but that's still making it high 20s low 30s and it's wiping these teams out which to tie it back to this game when you have old players like gareth bale like aaron ramsey players who are playing in england where at this time of year it's not warm at all Mm. i wonder if that had an effect
0: i think it did um because i could see uh, which was one of the things i wondered from the beginning iran apparently they learned their lesson from playing against england they were like um okay we're not going to hold back this time. We will attack from the beginning." And they were more energetic, were more aggressive. As for Wales, they still were able to make some threats toward the goal, uh, including the uh, very close shot by Moore in front of the mm. goal area. But after that, whole team they didn't seem so excited. Like, okay, this is Bale's last yeah. World Cup. Let's help him. Let's help him leave something. No, they were just so non-energetic. And like you said, maybe it's the temperature that actually slowed everyone down. And as game Chong they had to face Iran, who just kept pressing, pressing. Then they were like, okay, this has to end now. Like, their willpower it, is hurt.
1: Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that. But if you remember like we were saying with all the storylines of like the final world cups and things like that you never would have guessed this was gareth bale's last one because he just i mean he was trying his best Mm -hmm. but considering the conditions considering his age his fitness level his injury status that's not too much and everyone around him was just like struggling i guess is the best way to phrase it yeah
0: so iran now are hopeful of making the round of 16 stage, but in the other group, Qatar, well, one of the, literally, the first host to say goodbye to their tournament at home after only two games. Though they scored their first goal against uh, Senegal, but it's just too little to prevent everything from happening.
1: Yeah, first host to be eliminated this early, first team in this tournament to be eliminated this this early. Um, This was, again, a kind of a weird game because... Qatar are not a good side but Senegal I don't know Senegal really are struggling Mm -hmm. to break teams down like they definitely felt like they were learning now it's like the first game they were playing like a headless chicken no Sadio Mane no goals kind of still playing as if he should have been there when obviously he's not um Mm -hmm. For Mara, Diedu started in his position basically as a striker right up front. And they were playing much better, but there was a lot of struggling to get those goals. Um, it felt like, again, actually, when I think about it, the way the goals came, it was like when the Cata side were kind of too tired to maintain their back line. Mm-hmm. And Bouladia... And Dia Du kind of just crept through. Dia just went right through on his own with the second goal. Ismail Jacobs went up the side and crossed it, crossed it over. So it seemed very much a case of of that, basically. Like it feels like fatigue is already setting in. And then in the second half, when it felt like the game was over, Mohamed Muntari scored again, very similar goal. Ismail Mohammed bombed down the wing, sent it back in. Montari caught her flush and volleyed it right into the goal and it felt almost immediately like you know game on that they're back into this and that makes me wonder sometimes where with a team like uh, Senegal where you expect so much from them and then even when they give you the slightest sign of victory they kind of switch off which for a team as poor as Qatar that's exactly what they need but were they playing someone, let's say Senegal were playing Portugal, if they were to switch off like that, they'd get hit on the counter for one, two, three, if not more. So I, I really, that goal really made me wonder if the Senegal team is all that, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was finished off with uh, Bamba Dieng's goal in the 84th minute. It's a win and it's a solid win. but again, I feel like that one goal that catapulted back knowing full well they were kind of out of it already. Yeah, I, I'm not so convinced by the Senegal side.
0: Mm. Since you mentioned that and in the other game, uh, though it's a one on one to one draw, but I personally think Ecuador actually performed much better than the Netherlands because they had more opportunities to score. And they actually mm-hmm. gave the Netherlands a hard time. So in the last game, Ecuador had one point more than Senegal, and they were play. They will be playing each other for. I, w- I don't want to say the number two spot in this group, but mm-hmm. judging by what you just said, I think Ecuador yeah, now yeah. have an advantage.
1: Yeah, I feel like Kata is the free hit in this group, so Netherlands will be thinking, you know, that that's that's three points sewn up. However. The The way the goals came in this, it's like the Koti Gakpo goal mm-hmm. seemed to catch everyone by, by surprise. Yeah. The, way, the way like he broke the back line, Davy Klassen timed it perfectly, and he just kind of uh, knocked it in with his left foot. The thing which I do think, though, is you are right in that it's like it's a draw where Valencia came out of it the best. Like you say, more shots, better possession, just looked the better team all round. But Enna Valencia coming off in the 90th minute. Yeah. Um, with, again, it's one of those things where the body language, I think, gave away mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. of what the issue is because he kind of went down without being touched as far as I could tell. Yeah. Um, he looked very emotional on the stretcher. Um, he was sitting on the sidelines with that massive ice pack on his leg. Mm-hmm which makes me think that it's one of those things where they're just kind of giving him whatever they can to make him get back to full health. So if they need an ice pack, they're going to give him an iceberg to put on it. Um, and then the way that the game went is anytime there was a solid chance, it was like in the first game against Kata, Estepinian gets the ball on the left wing, perhaps one-twos to Casado or Porozo, Either way, it tends to get back to him, who then gets it to Enna Valencia, who because he is the star player, everyone kind of is concerned of dealing with and he makes the chance happen. So without him, even though they have other talent up front, you know, you have Estrada, uh, Michelle Estrada, you have Plata, you have these people who can who can work Kevin Rodriguez is like six foot two, I think, and is a pretty solid striker, very good target man. You feel like Valencia's position as a star, as a striker, as like the guy who has basically dragged them this far in the tournament,
0: mm-hmm.
1: without him against Senegal, even though Senegal are struggling, I think this will put Ecuador in the position I mentioned with Senegal, where when they don't have Sadio Mane, they don't really know what to do. That Valencia, I, I really wonder. I yeah. really do wonder.
0: Yeah, I think without, if, say, um, Valencia is not playing, then Ecuador are actually no better than Senegal. Then it will be a game of that will be really close and probably very ugly because neither side will have their best or most efficient finisher.
1: But I, I really do wonder about this Netherlands team because it's full of talent. Mm-hmm but they just cannot find goals. Yeah. And not only that, but I feel like Virgil van Dijk is, I feel like Virgil van Dijk is like a bit too fatigued. hmm You know, it's the thing which has plagued him, I think, for this entire Liverpool season. exactly. And he's carried that over here, and they're relying on him on being like the big man in defense. And instead, he seems to be, yes, the big man in defense, but also the slow man in defense. hmm you know when Ecuador got through, I forget whether it was a him or Nathan Ake who played Valencia on side. But the way that there was no real communication between the two, and they were both kind of waiting for the other one to move first, it's a it's a very like, the only way to really describe this Netherlands team. I think is it's surprising in the worst possible way. You expect a team with this talent, this mixture of youth and experience with a manager like Louis Van Gaal with this incredible record they've been on to kind of be not the dark horses of the tournament, but to like be competitive. Mm-hmm. And instead, they just seem to be really dragging their feet. Hopefully, um, Qatar will be an easy enough game that they can, I don't know, you know basically treat it like a warm-up and try new things, something like that. But otherwise, this looks like a team where... They're probably going to top the group, mm-hmm. and then whoever they draw first in the knockouts will just blow them away.
0: Oh, it could be. And that's someone maybe from Group B. So mm-hmm. I check history. England, though, have a really dominant history over USA. They didn't ne- they never beat USA in the World Cup.
1: Yeah. This is kind of weird. Yeah. It's, it's a weird kind of bogey team that we have with the US. And. It's strange because it is a like I say, it is a bogey team, but there's no like animosity there. Like this was by far the cleanest game in the in the tournament so far. Mm-hmm. When you consider that you have this new system which has led to only three games being less than a hundred minutes. It was one minute at a time at the start, three minutes at the end. Um I don't even know if anyone was booked. I don't think they were. No, I've checking right now, no one was booked. Um, it was a very clean, very tense, very tactical game. I would say once the United States kind of settled 15-20 mm-hmm. minutes, they were the dominant side. Um, but I think I like it's one of those things where you, I can't tell if that Iran game was fool's gold or not because having such a dominant win and being in this group England only really needed a draw Mm. and they're very much the kind of team with the mentality of like they will play to what they need. So when they came out swinging in the opening game, well, they kind of needed to do that because they were relegated in the Nations League, lost like two back-to-back to to Hungary. They really needed to prove themselves. With this, well, they just needed to control the United States and that's kind of what they did. The thing which I just cannot understand, though, is Phil Foden wasn't played, and we needed fresh legs, we needed some fresh ideas, did nothing with him. Um, all the substitutions came on the 70th minute and beyond. That was Jack Grealish, Jordan Henderson, and Marcus Rashford being, being brought on. I don't know what they expected from Henderson because... Bellingham is great in midfield, but he was being completely controlled by the U.S. So you needed someone... Maybe, I guess the feeling was you needed someone who's more of a veteran, but Jordan Henderson doesn't play anything near what Bellingham can do. And he just kind of sat back, almost making it a back flat-back five, perhaps. While on the other side of things, the U.S. were constantly pushing... Uh, Tim Weir, Weston McKennie on the right Were constant threat Christian Pulisic on the left Fantastic as well They didn't get a result but they came out with this Looking stronger than England did um, It really kind of makes me wonder Yeah, It's a game which leaves me a bit more confused Than I was before And you have to assume by the Nature of the groups mm-hmm. You know We're playing Wales next. It's not going to be a difficult game at all. Mm. We're going to get through basically no matter what. But the United States now needs a victory, I think, over... They definitely
0: do, yeah.
1: Like, guarantee a place. Mm -hmm. So... But again, like I was saying in in the start, the players looked, you know, very tired. I I don't know if it was because um, they were playing in a solid block of colour, the United States, because... The teams playing in red like Wales earlier mm-hmm. the redness seemed to capture all like the moisture and the atmosphere the sweat on the players mm. the the blue kit that united states were in everyone just looked like they had sweat through their kit in like within 10 minutes mm. and this was the late latest game in the day you could see the air conditioners in the roof they just looked tired they just looked sluggish that's that's the aspect of this this match day, two that I'm coming away from wondering if fatigue is already setting in from the climate.
0: That's true. But I think, uh, though, it's uh, struggling in the early time, but it's better that you got it when you used to have the advantage when you have a way to mm-hmm. go. So for Iran and USA, it's literally winner takes all. I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon tomorrow. See ya.
1: Speak to you then. Bye bye.